So the second CrossFit doctor's medical cert. Coming right up. Starts tomorrow. Yep. 8 a.m. Actually, I met a doctor uh, dropped into CrossFit Santa Cruz yesterday. Who's here for it? Who's that? Uh, God, why did I bring it up? His name's escaping me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's, from, uh, he's from Chino Hills. I remember that. His, his name escapes me. It's like Jean, Jean, Jean-Luc, I think, something like that. Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> um, Stardate. Do that out here and feel the difference between like here. It's a little weird, right? Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, my shoulders don't like it. What's wrong with your Oh, shoulder? they come in different sizes? Well, it was new to me. And then it was like a garage door spring with uh, cane tips on the end of it. That's exactly what it looks like, a garage door spring. Yeah, that's what it is. Amazon knows I'm into working out, so they suggested the big black rod to me. And so I got it for shits and giggles. That didn't come from your workout purchases. <laughs> <laughs> it was the lube and the dildos. And uh, You can complete this package. <laughs> and the, did you get a haircut, Matt? I did. I got one yesterday. I need one today. Are you doing it? Yeah, I got to. I do every doctor's cert. Oh, no way. I don't know. That's that's an accident. I would. <laughs> Are you going to the... Um... Look, every one. This is the second one. This would be my second haircut. So, I used to try to do it like monthly, but now it's just like whenever like I need a change, it's like a fresh start. Do you know the haircut? I place? miss Jim Jordan chasing me around the house with the scissors. <laughs> Did he do a good job? I didn't care, you know? Like, he quit telling me I needed a haircut after he cut my hair, so. In the old days, you had a shaved head. You don't do that anymore. Yeah, it used to be simple. I could even do that my shit myself. Why don't you do that anymore? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Are you going to go to the hole in the wall and uh, next to Starbucks? I quit, I quit doing the the, the uh, close cut thing, and it chicks are telling me, you don't ever cut your hair again, so. I don't know. It's, Probably something stupid, you know? Cut that hair based on chicks. Right. <laughs> How do the doctors um, get into that cert? The doctor's cert? Uh, they sign up for it. Just through? It's word of mouth. Super duper grassroots. Yeah. yeah, entirely. And what's your intention in terms of having these that are just... Doctors all in one place. Um, you know, I, I, how do I t- articulate my intent? Uh, look, it, 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 I knew it needed doing, and after the first one, I saw that it was working, and uh, it's something they need and want. It's a, it's an eye-opening moment for them. They've, uh, they feel isolated. Uh, they're certainly not mainstream. They, by virtue of being CrossFitters, and that's what they are, these are physicians that CrossFit. And for them, there's a huge disconnect between the public health and what they see in terms of the individual and personal health of the people participating in CrossFit. And we're going to collectively kind of bridge some of that gap ideologically in terms of implementation. But as a direct result, what I got is physicians taking patients metaphorically and in some cases literally by the hand and delivering them to boxes where they can have their uh, their uh, most uh, important needs met and that is um, abandoning this sedentary lifestyle and uh, correcting the diet so destructive so inflammatory etc blah 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 like Ciscron at CrossFit Medicus all of them yeah a lot of them grabbing people walking right into the gym yep on ramping them and leaving them yep 
How many of these are there going to be? I don't know. I was talking to Karen, and she says that there's a pretty significant waiting list. There's a waiting list. We've got uh, we'll we'll do six this year, twelve next, probably what, twenty-four of the following. All in the United States. Uh, for now. Look, you know, I, it, 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 this may just be following in the footsteps of the of the L one. You know, we might do four a weekend eventually. I don't know. There are uh, there are at least twenty thousand physicians in the in the CrossFit uh, community in the states. That lead me to believe there are probably f- at least forty thousand outside of the states, at least, and uh, that number maybe might be a hundred thousand. Might be forty just in the states, but I know there are twenty thousand in the states for sure. And then, and those are those are in boxes. What the number is in the wild, not uh, working out in affiliates, I, I really don't know. Doesn't doesn't matter quite either. But uh, assuming there's forty or fifty thousand CrossFit physicians, and I can get uh, thirty to fifty through at a cert at a time, it sounds like we need to do a thousand certs. Yeah. Same curriculum as the identical. Last night I was looking on the wiki page of... Uh, but, you know, it, it contextualizes for all of them a little differently. Um, you're sitting there, the, you know, you have those clinicians that are, sit in the acute space that uh, are manning the front lines, which are in the ER. I've got internal medicine docs. I've got nephrologists and endocrinologists, cardiologists, uh, and even those on the, on the periphery, you know, uh, 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 maxillofacial surgeon and... Uh, and uh, 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 urologist, um, there is no doctor that isn't seeing seeing the problem, seeing the mess. And the mess the mess is the unprecedented incidence and rates of disease, with a uh, utterly ineffective and uh, extraordinarily expensive uh, response. Did you ever want to be a doctor? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I yeah. still do. I never heard you say that. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know how sincere it is anymore, but maybe it never was. But yeah, there was a time when that was I would have been a cool thing to be. I thought when you launched this thing, and I was looking at the, when I look at the CrossFit Health blog at first, I, I a part of me was like, oh shit, is Greg gonna offend the doctors because he's telling them that um, that they're not equipped to deal with the ills that are landing at their doorstep, at their footstep. And it doesn't seem like there's been any response like that, right? No, I not none, none that I know. But I, you know, I'm not uh, sufficiently sensitive to criticisms or hurt feelings, perhaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, suppose they were in large number offended. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> what I know is that there is, is that there is a mess. Um, looking at it here, we've got we've got corruption. We've got death. Uh, I love that imagery. It's pretty cool. Yeah, there's there's so much going on, and, and that is the public health scene, and it is complicated. Um, it is it is uh, th- there's uh, the involvement of of those all the characters there. It's uh, they're complacent or complicit in in wholesale corruption and and shitty science. Um, everything that's wrong that could be wrong is wrong except the except the money flow the profits there and is that where the complication comes in everyone's fighting for just yeah, fighting for money you know the, the the money is itself a complication of of a methodological uh, crisis of academic science that has uh, manifests 
um, in the most uh, kind of secular way, that is staying clear of the, of the evildoers and, and the ideology, um, it, its most secular manifestation is in the replication crisis where we know that most research findings in most fields are false. And some fields, like medicine, are, are particularly um, devastated, like oncology, by this replication crisis. So in, in my view of things, when we look at here at Popper and After by David Stove, um, the uh, advent of uh, the, the, the aberration of postmodern science that was a retreat from the modern science of Bacon is an affliction of the of the university, and uh, it is the thing that has delivered consensus science, and it's got science instead of developing theories that have better than chance predictive value is is a is a measure of their trueness. Um, what we have is consensus, is agreement, and it it that is that is what has created the fertile ground for the corruption. Um, the the sudden uh, uh, abandonment of, of truth as, uh, as uh, and what I mean by that is, again, finding theories that have better than chance predictive value, which is the basic uh, activity of science. When that gets replaced with voting, like instead of, find, let's find, instead of finding what's true, let's find what we can all agree on and call that, mm. and call that science, call that real. That is itself a corruption of which the monetary type, like William Kramer here, um, and the NSCA have been engaged in, is a subset of that. It's a it's an intellectual failing that has that is fundamentally has a character flaw in its origins to give up um, uh, truth again, uh, uh, theories with better than chance predictive value, um, to 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 surrender that for the convenience, and uh, and. Uh, 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 utility of consensus is is is, is a, a fall, kind of a original sin like in its its impact. Yeah. What's happened since then has been absolutely disastrous. So, I take the the postmodern science of Popper and crew, and claim that the mess is the natural and ineluctable consequences of a consensus science, and that. Is it, for me the heart of the ills of uh, of uh, modern medicine? It is. Yeah. Well, we got a we got a wonderful, wonderful, uh, world class tour of the mess of all this shit in our lit litigation with the NSCA to find an organization that stood uh, arguably at the helm of of academic fitness for fifty years, my entire career. Um, to get close to that thing and find that it, it had uh, no meaningful response to our uh, insertion of some much needed elements into fitness. Uh, you know, and then, and, then, and then the way that this machine came at us and as just a matter of course. Look, the, I was there when Kramer got his Lifetime Achievement Award from the American College of Sports Medicine. All the while, um, in his day job, he's involved in the suborning of fabrication and falsification of data for a study where these ass wipes even tracked the, the damage done um, through their, through their uh, erratum that was deliberately misleading and f further suggested falsely more injury. 
They're the, tracking tracking the negative impact. It's the closest thing I've seen to science at the NSCA is they're tracking <laughs> the impact of their lies and, f and, and fabricated science. At least they're tracking something. But the rest, the rest looks like lobbying, um, legislating, forming a proxies. There's no science going on over there. Greg, the ACSM and the NSCA, they are both... They're not. They're not government agencies. No, no. They're 501c3. They're proxies of soda pop. And this guy, William Kramer, was the chief editor of their journal. Of strength and conditioning research. Yeah, and he's had other titles there. He's the. He's been the face of uh, NSCA for a long time. And do you remember the first time you ever heard the NSCA? Uh, yeah, I read there's essentials of strength and conditioning published by Human Kinetics over and over and over again and wondered why there was such a, a, a dearth of usable information between what you read in that book and what it would be like to go see a, a client in the morning. Mm. You know, I was, I, was, I was training clients for a decade before I was, there was any pressure or interest for anyone to have a, a certification. And what was interesting to me is that this was... Training them in CrossFit. It, you know, and, and trying to make sense of the machine-based, pin-laden, you know, treadmilly gym. Um, but uh, the what was just a curiosity at first, why is it that there's nothing of, 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 of it's usable here? Why is there nothing that would impact what I'm going to do Monday morning when I see clients again was really the, the, the impetus for all that is CrossFit. You know, we, we wrote those original journal articles. These are the things that had someone put this in my hand 20 years earlier. It would have made a, a big difference for me. Hi, Nicole. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I, I ran a gym that I would belong to. We had an affiliate proposition that I would have availed of for my own, you know. Uh, it's been kind of easy. When you go to these gyms and you see at a bare minimum two doctors and you go to like Peter Edge's gym in uh, Arizona. Arizona, yeah. Do you remember the name? It's Goodyear, Arizona. It's uh, Fury? Yes, yes. CrossFit Fury. And you see eight doctors there. Does oh, that... Goodyear. Is it Goodyear? I think it might be. Yeah. Sorry, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Edge. Look up Peter Edge. Don't look up at the gym. Um, when you see that um, and, and you see these, these you know, minimum of 20,000 doctors who are CrossFitting, does that... Um, bolster your um, your stance that why would people who are in medicine or people who are supposedly in healthcare be doing CrossFit if CrossFit were dangerous? Like, does it give us, does it increase the platform that we stand on, you know, to kind of, to... Oh, it's got to in some people's heads, you know? Uh, but these physicians are isolated and independent, and they're, they're uh, you know, they know other docs at the box, but they, not many of them have the, uh, the vantage point of standing... Uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder, scrub to scrub with other CrossFitters. It's not, they're not, it doesn't seem to be like that yet. Uh, but, it, but it's happening. You have, you have a CrossFit Facebook um, doctor's page, right? Private yeah. page? Yep, got 700 physicians on there. It's kind of sprung out of nowhere. And it's not even two months old. Yeah, a couple months, yeah. And are, this, are those primarily U.S. doctors? Mm, primarily, but in the sense that this is primarily U.S. business, as in you know half of our half of our revenue and and uh, and uh, business units are outside the U.S. Um, I'm expecting something very similar to hold up for the docs. Going back to the 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 NS, NSCA case, are we allowed to talk about that? Are you to, allowed to talk so about yeah, that? Yeah, to some extent. The the origins of this are them doing is is the NSCA doing a paper a study? They've with fabricated and falsified. Uh, uh, 
data in a, uh, in a study in a peer-reviewed journal. And that data was a study that they did at CrossFit Gym? Correct, in Ohio. And what was the name of the gym? Uh, I forget. And it's it, Mitch Potterf's gym. Yeah, it, Potterf. We just know people. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was done with the University of Ohio? Ohio State University. And CrossFit sued them? Uh, I think the affiliate sued in Ohio's court, and I think uh, CrossFit sued in federal court in San Diego. And then the NSCA uh, countersued in a state court, um, and uh, it's all couldn't couldn't be going better. You know, it's a there'd probably be more to talk about if it weren't going so swimmingly well. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, the truth's coming out. You know, these people have been have been uh, faking the science. First of all, there's been a wholesale abdication of any charter that looks out looks like looking after people's best interest. The list of things that I brought to brought to the industry should have never never come out of one person in such a short period of time and you know from from the free body diagrams of the basement movements to defining fitness functional movement health uh um uh wall ball teaching everyone to squat uh there's just so mixing uh uh modalities for a fitness program like deadlift and run yes in the same workout yes now you know that all that stuff should have been around and probably was around long before the NSCA, but in the in the in the the reign of the NSCA and the ACSM, um, we were put on a high carb, low fat diet, and everyone stuck on fucking machines, and the the consequences have been have been disastrous, absolutely disastrous. And so, you know, I, I think I thought as a younger man I was just smarter than all those assholes. But, you know, maybe that maybe that's to some extent true. But actually the advantage I had is that I was truly and genuinely academically and scientifically interested in human performance, and they were not. And the idea that your lifetime achievement, a la the ACSM bestowing upon William Kramer, for what was it, thirty thousand studies and strength training done, but no advance. Thirty thousand studies and strength training, but no advance in strength training over a fifty-year period. When lifetime achievement rather than progress becomes the the realm, something's wrong. I just saw today where someone from tech was criticizing the city of San Francisco's management of the city, and he said that when you put more energy into chasing a free scooter startup from the city as a scourge rather than the needles and the shit he said and the vomit and the pass that on the sidewalk um, something's wrong with the city and one of the councilmen responded that we spend a thousand times more on the homeless than we do on on uh, uh, you know what you're saying and he says well excuse me I, you know, I'm from the Silicon Valley we're used to metricing performance in outputs, not inputs. <laughs> oh, you know, like who cares what you're spending? Who cares how many studies you've done? Did they get Did they get one 
one grandparent squatting that needed to squat to maintain their functional independence, not one. How many people did they get to get off carbohydrate to avoid the metabolic derangement that is at the heart of type 2 diabetes and all the related comorbidity associated with, all the comorbidities? How many? Not a one. Not a one. Why and how did that happen? Um, am I smarter than them? Yes, we are smarter than them. Uh, are we harder working? Yeah. And we are more ethical? Yeah. But... Ultimately, the real difference is we have a very genuine and, and, and deep-rooted, um, intrinsic fascination with human performance, whereas they have none. Right. All you have to do is see him on the Smith machine okay. and know that they have not done the work. There he is, representing Advocare. Oh, damn. Basically, it must not be. It must not be a weight loss product. Basically, his lifetime achievement <laughs> his, his lifetime achievement award is is colluding and building the mess. He's basically just been contributing to the mess his entire life. I, you right? know, to I, that poster I of yours. don't know what makes these academics feel good when they go home at night. And the ones that I'm close to in love, I don't. I don't know how to ask them about what that feels like. I don't know. You know, forever I've said that the name one contribution that's ever come out of exercise science has changed the way that any coach or athlete trains for any sport ever, and, and I don't want to hear about steroids or performance-enhancing drugs. F forget that shit. But what, name one thing that anyone has done that's made a difference, a practical difference in, in the way anyone's worked out and trained. And uh, I challenged Mel Sif to this, and he got extremely upset with me. It was kind of funny, but he, he never did address the issue. Well, you know something? I can name one now. I can name... I can name an exercise scientist that has made a difference, a practical and real difference. And uh, um, it would be uh, Dr. Timothy Noakes in South Africa. Mm. Um, his work on hydration. Now, it's interesting that his contribution is to unfuck the deadly mess of Gatorade and Pepsi with, with uh, their hyperhydration campaign. Um, but uh, he, that would still be the mess it was. Um, and no, no advancements would have been made in the, in the hyperhydration deaths of exercise-associated hyponatremic encephalopathy were it not for the courageous work of, uh, of Tim Noakes in South Africa. So I do have finally an exercise scientist that has, has made a difference, and ironically, it's to undo some of the impact that this shithead and his friends have, mm. have, have uh, had on the field. So basically they did this... We would, this would be a healthier nation... With more fitness and more gyms and more CrossFit, if there had never been an ACSM or an NSCA. So they did a study at this CrossFit gym, at Michael Potter's gym. They lied about injury. I don't know. Maybe they lied about their positive results too. But the, the, the thing came back. You had you had great results, except for the injuries. And it turned out that the injuries were fabricated. The data was falsified. And the owner, Michael's like, hey, this didn't happen. And I don't, I don't want to get too into the details. It's been years now, and I don't, I don't work at that granular level of, of what all the details were. There are many that can come in here through and tell you that. But uh, the simple fact was that you, ha you only had to have cursory knowledge of implementing CrossFit to know there was something profoundly wrong with what was offered up immediately in a divorce study. I knew it was wrong uh, uh, two, three minutes into holding the thing in my hand. Maybe, maybe the very first person ever. For me, it was this. Um, they didn't have numbers for those that walk away. 
They didn't have any numbers for those that walk away. And nobody can open up a can of CrossFit on 20 people and not have the next time you meet five of them say, fuck it. I, that, I, <laughs> I got sore. I sweat. I was out of breath. I got dizzy. What the fuck is that, man? I'm going to do my thigh master again and go back to TRX or whatever that don't mean to knock them, but whatever the hell mm. they were doing. Right. Um, TRX is a great program. Great program. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Why are you saying that? Well, because you know, I, I, I don't start with them. There's, right. You know, whatever's not there, and, right. and there's a lot right. not there. Whatever's not there, it's still better than most of what's out there. So those are buddies. Forging Elite Fitness, Forging Elite Look, Fitness. Look, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that what was it 20 years ago now? Cut out the PVC and ran the climbing tape through it and sewed it together because because the uh, my uh, pararescue guys at Moffat Field couldn't weren't getting funded for rings. You know, I mean, don't, don't, I don't, don't think I doubt the value of plastic sticks on fucking nylon climbing tape. You <laughs> and, know? Th and then your best vehicle was a two wheel, two wheeled vehicle. I was a bicycle guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Forging Elite Fitness, Forging Elite Fitness, um, teaching uh, fitness uh, to uh, people whose lives depend on their fitness. That's those are. Those are your origins after gymnastics, right? And you do that for 10 years, and it's tip of the spear, tip of the spear, and you get these fucking hero wads, and you have this insane main site. And now we've seen an entire change on the front end of CrossFit. And uh, what's going on, and do you have any fear that you're going to lose that mantle of, of – um, Having a workout program that's the none best whatsoever, workout. none whatsoever. Look, when when someone um, uh, jumps off the elliptical and with that in their yoga comes and takes the games and wins, then yeah, you know maybe we lost the pointy end or something, but uh, we're advancing human performance somewhere it's never been before. Uh, we've had several of the physicians look at some of the data in terms of lifts and you know i mean there's a there's there's something going on that's that's not going to go away but uh we got 15,000 gyms and i maintain that each one is a trojan horse of uh of uh not attackers but you know the 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 horse opens up and what comes out is is a is a life raft it's a against this tsunami of chronic disease and to the younger affiliates to the younger amongst us to a, a good number of people that come out of the rough and tumble world of military and law enforcement and firefighting and there's a certainly a, a macho man and a macho girl side to our community there's no, nothing can can deny that with some of the roughest men and women on earth are, are easily and readily amongst our ranks but what's happening of greater significance is that um, embedded in a fitness program is an elegant solution so elegant it may be optimal to the world's greatest problem that's chronic disease and that is the is the better part of the business it's the better part of the business model it's the better part of running an affiliate um, is a larger market uh, you know I don't I don't need to continue to beat the drum on we got more pull-ups and we got more everything than you do you know like that that's done it's over i've got i got empty chairs anyone thinks they got a better fitness program 
bring your best and I'll put you in that final fucking heat at the games. You don't have to bother with the open or any of that annoying stuff. You can just show the fuck up and take the games and get the prize <laughs> and wear your whatever shirt it is, whoever's program, whatever your gym. It could be, you know, anything, anything. We got nothing to lose. We didn't get here hiding anything or nor from anyone. Are you surprised that the gyms in the community has been so um, overwhelmingly welcoming to sort of this new, this new look to this new this new person? It's, you know, it's not that new. If you're in there every day, you, look. So before I before I before yeah. I knew any of any of you, I had tried to discourage Sally Stead from being a member of my gym. She was sixty something years old with a nose ring and purple hair and overweight and really sweet and it just she, it looked like it looked like the the grandma from little red riding hood gained too much weight and then got hippified or something i just wasn't <laughs> sure i just wasn't sure how it, culturally it was going to fit in and are you sure and she was really really sure and you know 18 months later i'm crying like a baby because she's she's doing pull-ups and climbing the rope i mean that you can't Something's wrong with you if you don't if you don't feel the wonder of that. That's a that's really cool. She was there was more gratification in working with her than than my dear friend Greg Amundsen. I was at a seminar with you. I want to say two thousand eight or two thousand nine. It was at Camp Pendleton. There was a guy there. He owns an affiliate in Southern California. I can't remember his name. And he came up to you and said he lost a hundred pounds. And you gave him a big hug and congratulations. Do you remember this by any chance? I know it's 10 years ago. Now I can't leave the house without you, without someone who's lost 100 pounds giving you a hug. I We may have 30 or 40 affiliates that lost 100 pounds and opened a box. Tell you what I know about that. Um, any of you out there want to open a gym and you're really not sure like about the marketing and the business angle, um, you know, Go get on the exercises medicine and gain 100 pounds and then come back and start CrossFit up again and lose that weight. <laughs> Do so in a small town, and when you open your gym, people can be standing there in line. People don't ask these guys if they can help. Um, they come to them and go, you got to help me. Because mm -hmm. what the story is, is I guess when you're 100 pounds overweight, everyone knows you as the fat guy. Yeah. Everybody. And you don't even know how many people know you. And so you lose 100 weights and 100 pounds, and everyone comes up. And, I remember when you were the fat guy, help. And they're only 20 pounds overweight, but they know you can help. Because mm -hmm. anyone that can lose 100 can certainly help me lose 20. It's the, it's the coolest little marketing thing ever. But God bless those people. I used, you know, I remember, I know what you're talking about. I probably told that guy that, you know, our, geez, we've, I remember saying it was someday we're going to meet an affiliate that's carved 100 pounds off someone. It happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. Now there are affiliates that themselves have, have been through that transformation. I was going to say, it's almost becoming commonplace. It's, if you've had your doors open five years, you've lost 100 pounds. I can, I can also remember... 200 pounds is the new 100 pounds, you know? Or... Even that, even that <laughs> those guys are pouring in now. Yeah. The 200-pounders are just everywhere now. We can make a shirt out of that. When... I, you know, I, I'm trying to get a handle on like, are we, are we, are we carving off more weight than Weight Watchers? Yeah, you know, we don't know. They don't know how many facilities they got. They don't know their numbers. Um, and crazy enough, we don't know ours. There was probably a time where we were putting more weight on people, right? 
Yeah, well, there's the thing. We're not weight watching. <laughs> we're fat flensing. You know, um, we're putting muscle on and, and removing fat. Like I showed you that that, that lady skinny as a stick, and she put on uh, she put on ten pounds. Yeah, I had when I first came to Santa Cruz and was in the Gold's gym. I had clients that were weight watching out of the DA's office, and what, the weight we were watching is their weights diminished. They were getting they were getting weaker. They were losing dress size and getting weaker. And uh, anyone with a 50-year-old client that's getting weaker and it doesn't concern you, you're not doing your job. People go to CrossFit Health and they think they're going to go there and they're going to see um, ways to get healthy. No, that's hitsit.com. That's the constantly varied high-intensity functional movement, meat and vegetables, blah, blah, blah. CrossFit Health is about the ills of modern medicine. And strictly that. Strictly that. Yeah. It's a fascinating subject. And, it, it, you know, look, I don't. I don't, the, the, I have been asked incessantly for 25 years, how did you get it right and they got it wrong? If how, how am I supposed to believe you um, in light of everything that I've been taught, trained, read, and know? And uh, I've, I've struggled with that because um, it's really not my job to know. Um, you know, how do I arrive at a truth and, and, and you at a, at a profound falsehood? I, fuck, I don't know, man. Something's wrong with your thinking. But we've had enough time now, and thanks to um, battling the NSCA and CREP and others, thanks to our litigation and the hundreds of thousands of emails I've seen um, being walked through. You know, we've had to hire... Hundreds of thousands of emails through hundreds discovery? Hundreds of thousands of emails. And, we, you know, we've probably read twenty-five to 50,000 of them. And they are... Absolutely appalling at what a lack of interest and concern they have for people, for human performance, for health, for fitness, for well-being, for exercise. With the stimulus and the adaptive response, none of that's there. What is there? It's a political organization. It's a political organization that does the does the bidding of soda ultimately. It, it's, it's and it's not a it's not an attack on Greg Glassman. It's not an attack on CrossFit. It's an attack on all the affiliates, all the practitioners of CrossFit, all the people who are who are using CrossFit to stay healthy and fit. Right? Yeah. This. I mean, let it be known that the end goal is to make it illegal to practice CrossFit without paying them uh, uh, a shakedown fee. Right? Is yeah. license is licensure the end goal? Is that what you see? Licensure is the hail mary to. Uh to uh, take control of an industry that has found some profound uh, metabolic truths outside of the, without help from those that should have been there to do so. There's an article recently um, coming out of Nebraska. A law has passed. They were basically saying, I can't remember the senator's name who, who was carrying the bill, but he was basically saying that 30% uh, of all the workforce is in jobs that require licensure, and they're going to look at 5% of those. And basically, the state is recognizing that licensure is um, hurting them economically. Did you see that? I did see it, and I've not read it yet, so I don't have comments on it. But uh, there's a... Uh, Do you have problems with licensure just in general? Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Those who are benefiting from it? Yeah. I mean, it is a racket, right? That's how I see it. It's it's um strong arming people, and uh, it's like what the mob does: take a cut. You want to be in this business? We're taking a yeah. cut. 
There is no regulated industry that didn't, where the regulation didn't originate and end up serving um, basically a cartel or, you know, uh, entrenched interests within that field. Whether you're talking about railroads, airlines, you know, it's. And that's what we're fighting. There might be some exceptions in banking. I don't know. I'm not an expert on regulation. I'm an expert on the uh, scientific fraud perpetrated by the NSCA in conjunction with the ACSM. The artwork that you made, can we go back to that, CrossFit Health? Uh-huh. Uh, the other day I was with you and an affiliate owner who actually owns five affiliates came up to you and was telling you um, that when you had come out with the St. Jude art uh, with the dead kids that they were – they thought it was too harsh. And now five years later – They weren't dead. They were dying. Right. It's an important distinction. Yeah. Did I say dead? There was hope. Right. There was hope. Well, so CrossFit had this program for, uh, and we were donating money to St. Jude, and we were raising money to St. Jude, and you had commissioned a poster to sort of commemorate and, and um, be a part of that program. And it was a nurse um, pulling a, a train carriage of, of sick children. And I think even St. Jude got upset about it, like it was too real, right? And now you have this. And, and I'm assuming this is all you. I mean, I, I know you didn't draw this, but this you like, hey, do this, do this, have this. This is this is a Greg Glassman commissioned. We got to spend enough quality time with the artist talking about the problems um, physiologically, medically, financially, uh, legally. I mean, I think it speaks for itself. I just enjoy the hell out of it. It was somewhat of a cathartic experience. Along the way, um, and it was in a tender moment with Gary Taubes, who was lamenting the, the crisis in health care. It's, remember, it's public health care. There isn't a crisis in personal health. We don't have it. You come to CrossFit, and we're going to teach you how to move functionally and how to eat naturally and balance diet and eat health, healthily, and uh, we don't have these problems. But uh, I've... Uh, I'm actually really comfortable with this. I look at that as bad as that looks. It looks like home to me. That's the land of opportunity. You know, <laughs> that's my Washington D.C. When you say public health care, is that a misnomer? Public health is just an amazing joke. I mean, we should. You know, look, they got this problem that people won't do what they're being asked to do, and what they're being asked to do is deadly. And so I don't know how. What could it be worse? You know, things really get bad if people start listening to the CDC. Like their diet. For instance. The entire site is full of this artwork. Each one of these are commissioned individual unique pieces of art. Same artist. Mm-hmm. And um, is this, can people buy this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> do we is it is it for sale in the stuff store? Yeah, there be. T- I think there's a T-shirt coming. There is. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. I really do. This was a. This that's in that's in in lieu of therapy. You know, I. You can't. You know, I, you listen to these people, Doctor Smith, Ben Goldacre, Doctor Goldacre. Um, they're upset. I talked to I talked I got the chance to speak with Ben and Goldacre. He's coming out to her. He's the bad science and bad pharma authors author, um, physician, uh, very very intelligent 
physician, uh, super literate math guy. And uh, I was telling him about that paragraph in, in uh, Bad Pharma that I like so much. That I think we featured on the Bad Pharma on Ben Goldacre page here, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's, it's from, his, that up from his wiki page, right? It's, well, no, it's from his book, Bad Pharma. It's from the intro. And okay. it's also uh, pulled out. It's like a kind of a redaction from the right there, this paragraph. And uh, you had it up. Go back one, Eric. Yep. Anyway, go on, Greg. Anyways, uh, that. Um, I read that thing, and I can't imagine a a uh, more damning indictment of pharma. You really can't imagine what from from all levels, from efficacy, honesty, the integrity. It couldn't be worse. It absolutely could not be worse. I can't imagine. I can't imagine a, a, a more dire scenario than that. And he says that he's going to spend the next 400 pages defending it, and he does so quite ably. I went through uh, uh, several hours of reviews of the book from Amazon Reviews, and, and no one was refuting the particulars. You know, they don't like his style. They don't like his tone. But uh, no one's saying that this isn't going on. Now, when I... When I talked to Ben, I told him, I want you to elaborate on this paragraph, but what I want to know, and I said, listen, when I, when I read that, there's so much emotion that goes through me, and one of the things I come up with is I, I envision this mess. Just it's an, it's an intractable, unfixable disaster of epic proportions that literally could not be worse than it, than it appears. And uh, I said there had to be some emotion penning that, and he says an enormous amount. Like, that's what I would have thought. Like you'd have to be fucking pissed, right? Because it's if there's anything worth being mad about, it's that. If you got, it's almost a test of your morality. Mm. Does this upset? Does morale, this yeah. upset you or yeah. not? And if it doesn't, then all right, nothing upsets you. Fuck, you know, you, join a biker gang. If it, if it if it if it does upset you, and it did upset him, and tell me. I said, what I want to hear from you when you come to talk is, I want to hear about you being mad. I want to hear about that. What was that like? You know. What's it like to study medicine your whole life to only come up with this reality? What did, what do you go through psychologically to get to that? And uh, I know a lot of people have been dealing with exactly that. Me, I'm on the other side of it. I'm I'm good with the mess. Like I said, it's like uh, like my Maggie sees our Kauai. I see the mess. That's like I want to go get in there and wade with those guys. I like going to D.C. I like going to D.C. You know we. We did really. I gotta tell you, we did. We need a poster. We need you added to the poster. I'm in there. <laughs> you are. Someone in there. told me oh, I'm in okay. there. Are you really? Okay, yeah, okay. I'm one of the guys in there. Flip back, I'll show you. What that, a, that cup art failed, but let me. See. <laughs> what, a, what a great. It's like a Where's Waldo. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch so of shit in there. I feel like I see something new every time. Look, I understand that's me. But so I, people can go find their own. Don't say anything out there. Out there. And I think that next to Taubes or Nopes like, or something. I don't know who good. this guy yeah. Is that a CrossFit shirt you're wearing? I don't know. What Do you have a favorite? Don't give it away. Don't let people look for me. Do you have a favorite part of the poster? But, but Berger, Michael Bergeron's in there and William Kramer's in there. And there's, there's, a, bunch of, there's a bunch of like scumbags Greg, when when I before look, look at the look at the cemetery. Those are real life people that died buying the fake science that Gatorade put out. Before um, before 
there was CrossFit Health, and before I ever heard you refer to the mess specifically as this, and there to be a, a, a depiction, artistic depiction of it, I remember in maybe 2008 or 2009, you describing what CrossFit is, and you basically were saying that, hey, there's so much fucking noise out there, thigh master, weight watchers, bariatric surgery, whatever, all the noise, and that you viewed CrossFit as a place to just get out of the clutter and all the noise and just follow the prescription. But at the whole time, I remember, you would describe all the noise around CrossFit as the mess. And and that's how, it's, I, to, the, to this day, that's how I view us as sort of an oasis, right? Come here. You know, the water is healthy. The people are nice. The, you know what I mean? Look. Eat, eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, and engage in constantly varied high-intensity functional movement. And uh, look at how much of that you don't have to participate in. Sounds pretty enticing. Fuck. I mean, so you know, Which brings me to another point. I've heard you talk recently about the – Look, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a, a – what from the affiliate proposition – from the outsider looking in, first of all, there's no expense. You know, get off your fucking couch and quit eating carbs. What did that cost you? And what I mean by carbs, I'm talking about the high glycemic process stuff, not the broccoli, but but the sugar. And uh, you get off that stuff, and you, that's not going to cost you anything. That's going to save you. If you want to be if you want to be handheld through the process, supported, encouraged, and cheered on, and make friends along the way, then you go to a box, and it's 150 dollars a month. And that's the that's the cost of health, you know that that right there. Do one of those. Do it at home by yourself and take a neighbor with you. You know, be be the trainer right away. Anyone can do that. And there's no one out there that can log on to CrossFit.com, dig around, and then call your next door neighbor up and go, "Come on over, I'm going to make you lunch." What are you making? Something without fucking refined carbs in it. All right. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to walk back and forth between our houses for ten minutes and talk. There, you've built the CrossFit program. It it is that easy, and what that does is that that has you moving inexorably quickly away from seventy percent of deaths and eighty six percent of the medical spend. And what what percentage of the suffering? I'll try to imagine that number. See, when you when you get out of the seventy percent of the deaths and the eighty six percent of the medical spend you end up in that accident category and you end up with those lucky souls whose end it looks like that accelerated demise and so that you can be in in near perfect health at 94 and die of natural causes at 96 and as rough as that sounds and that terminology comes from dr theodore dalrymple that accelerated demise but it is the best case scenario and so that for instance what we know of centenarians is that they're in remarkably good health some of them look to be in near perfect health and yet they have a life expectancy of what two and a half years and he's like as that sounds it's better than going to the nursing home at 70 and they keep you plugged in and feeding you fucking green jello on a white plastic spoon for 12 years mm -hmm. watching oprah no, thank you. I'll pass too. <laughs> there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a CrossFit if it weren't for this mess. You could not yeah. if the whole world were engaged in natural functional movement and eating appropriately, I don't know what our position would be. The third factor. You know, you get off the couch, you get off the carbs, and the refinement of that looks like CrossFit. Now you can attach any third factor to that, from skateboarding to 
tantric masturbation and you still have a winning formula. <laughs> and so I we listen to third factors all day long. This is an ancient trick. There was in the network marketing world forever a, a pill that the instructions were to uh, to get on the treadmill for an hour and pop one of these fuckers and lo and behold, you won't believe what happens. And if I had people like, dude, it's working, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's working. <laughs> you got off your fat ass and, and they ripped off a, a, someone stupid. It's working. Is, is there caffeine? I don't know what it would be, dude. Fish oil? Rock tape, compression maybe, ice baths, ice baths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ice bath as a gymnast? No. You never. No did rock that. tape. No, they didn't have rock tape then. Probably held everyone way back. <laughs> Dude, probably... We did have lucky socks though. We have lucky socks. You did. And I know those still work. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know, find. You know, try it. Maybe that's what you would get into. Get, get take your five favorite pair of socks mm -hmm. and put them out, and then just take note of. Make a little, keep it in your journal, which pair you had on, and see when your lifts are, and see if it's, there's not, there are socks do make the difference. But of course, they don't make a fucking difference. I don't, I, I, third factors make me laugh. I would love there to be three factors. How do you, how do we take, how do you build relationships? Let me tell you what a third factor looks like in earnest. It, it, yeah. Someone's, man, I did that CrossFit shit, not shit happened, but then. I started this, mm -hmm. and look, I got all the results. I've never seen anyone comply with what I'm asking and not get the same result. How do you have other friends in the business space if there can never be a third? Oh, someone has to put their mustache on the Mona Lisa and like to and like, <laughs> to be an artist. Make your own fucking painting. I don't know, but what was it? This is a great cook's functional sc movement screening or screening movement. You know. The functional movements are elemental. They do not reduce into things more primary. There's nothing that cocksucker's doing or looking at that's going to change anything I need to know when I begin to ask you how to overhead squat mm -hmm. or, or air squat or stand there and press your arms overhead with PVC as though you have a load. I'll see everything I need to know. And he's a charlatan to pretend that there is some subset of more fundamental movements that shed insight on your ability to express these other movements. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's kind of like a guy coming into a reading program and saying, yeah, I get it. You're... You're teaching the alphabet, and you're teaching the, the, the you know, and these guys are writing stories, and I get that, but they're, they're not really writing good stories because the problem is, is like, you don't make your, your, your A right. Um, they need to make the cross part, then the, then the up and the down, then the roof instead of the roof, and then it, it's just complete imagined horseshit. And what's fascinating is that is what is actually missed from the pictures you see of the of the screening things that we, we your a, a, a trainer would have picked up these people the physical therapy community as as uh typified by mr cook and i believe he's a physical therapist um they hate us for what we've done. We we took natural human movements that have been through years of of neglect and and, and uh, a modern uh, lifestyle, sitting in chairs and driving cars and walking nowhere and doing no physical work. 
Some of these movements are in disrepair. People, as natural as the deadlift is, do not know how to pick things off the ground. As natural as standing out of your chair, don't do it correctly. Um, you know, they sit on the pot and take a dump incorrectly. Just imagine that. You shit wrong. Well, you do. You, don't, you didn't sit down or stand up the way you were designed to. But that's okay. We can fix that. That we found that and identified it when physical therapy didn't and that we are using natural, essential human movements baked into your DNA as a tool to advance health um, is something that, that had been done, I assume, by the Greeks thousands of years ago. And why do you make that assumption? Looking at their statues? or Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know we've we've done we've we've asked that question over and over again about the Greeks. Did they know? We've done it on nutrition. We've done it on on the exercise. And what we find is that there's very little that CrossFit advocates that your average Greek wouldn't have gone well. Fucking of course, but in Greek. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've invented nothing. We've discovered something essential. Discovered something essential, and it it was lost. Is all it was lost. Because of the NSCA and the ACSM. Because of them. And so we get to teach these movements. But you're not going to back up and go, well, before you learn to squat, you need to learn to do something else. What? What the fuck do you need to do before you stand up? When you define fitness... If you... If you I guarantee you, if we saw... If we put... If we put Mr. Cook up in front of CrossFit trainers and asked him to demonstrate a deadlift, we would find it laughable. Agreed. You find it laughable. You don't know functional movements. You shouldn't be screening for them. When you define fitness, did you know it was going to... That's like doing IQ screening ahead of IQ testing. I say it's kind of hard for me to even process. The fuck's he screening? Something you know nothing about. You know there's only one screen for functional capacity. You know what that is? Um, you know, meaningful one. It's really you're in a clinical zone. You can sit there at Disneyland and comment on people's posture and gait all fucking day long and call yourself a, you know, say you're screening for functional movement. But in terms of delivering to anyone a benefit, the movement, the, the entire process begins with teaching them functional movement. And what you will see is in their limitations, you will see what is wrong and exactly what needs to be fixed. And the method of fixing it is not an additional exercise, but the functional movement itself. These these guys, you know musical chairs? The music stopped and everyone's sitting and they're holding their dicks, standing. That's what's going on with Mr. Cook. You got to go back to teaching the army. I think it was, was it him or Boyle who was teaching people to do push-ups from the knees. I just These guys are just absurd. Absurd. When you, when you wrote... Um... What is fitness? Were you was any part of you like annoyed someone hadn't already done it and like oh fuck I got to do this or well you know like twenty years frustrated yeah yeah or or were you like oh this is cool no one's done it I'm I'm gonna do this do you remember did you find it as a chore like uh, I I wish I I wish someone had shared this with me and I didn't have to discover it on my own yeah that was that was entirely it and then you just got off your ass and did it yep with the help of Philippe Kahn. I think there's such an important lesson in there in the fact that like, because I hear so many people walk up to me and be like, how did you develop this? What was your business plan? What was that? I used to tell people I found a notebook in an alley and they believed it. <laughs> what was that really? Is? Where? Whoa. Who wrote it? You know? I mean, it was developed out of necessity, right? He, uh, 
Yeah. No. Good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I getting something off my chest. You know, dude, listen, I'm really glad I did. The, the profundity of it going down, did I think it would be 150 do- million downloads or whatever the ridiculous number I've heard? No, but that's okay. I mean, I don't, you know. Fuck the downloads. It's fucking, look at the profound impact it's had on How long do you think it took to write it? 20 years. What about when you first put pen to paper? Uh, a month. No shit. How many yeah, drafts? Now, over and over. The drafting, editing, you know, that was a that was a process. And I made everyone around me miserable, and I apologize to this day still. <laughs> you know, um, Nicole's here on premises. She remembers. She was one of those to articulate early that there was a, a an amount of a round you wanted to be or not, depending on where we were in the month. But I would be literally beside myself by the 20th of the month. That was just a just a horrible <laughs> burden. <laughs> you, you, you know... I, I see you as um, a, a perfectionist, and I know you fucking so well, but um, I can't believe that you wrote all these journal articles because you'll hold on to something until it's fucking perfect. How did you let go of your shit every month and publish? Did that just kill you? Like, I just can't see you doing that. No, or do no, I have these, you misread? These, no, these concepts festered for a generation, you know, and it was the kind of thing that I just could just rattle off the top of my head, like, geez, you know, you need to do these things. And uh, I, it, it, once it started coming, it came pretty good. These first journals, did you, um, with all handwritten? Yes. First pencil, draft? Pencil, paper, yellow tablet. No computer? Uh-uh. But I had a computer. But I'd still, I would still, I'd still do a lot of stuff that way. What did you have? What kind of computer? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, Dell uh, laptop. And was but prior, prior to that, Katie, uh, Lauren's mom, had given me a uh, some kind of monochromatic Mac. So, no, okay, a desktop. Yeah. And then you went to laptop. Then I went to the laptop. And you would take that thing to the ugly mug? To the ugly mug. In SoCal, and California? To, yep, and to uh, wait for Philippe, waiting for Philippe. And who is he? Um, Philippe Kahn, the Silicon Valley superstar. And he was a client of yours. Early client and friend now. And he and his wife Sonia. And what do you mean waiting for him? Um, I was due there at eleven, Monday through Friday, and he would come downstairs any time between noon and seven PM. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I was getting paid I was getting paid uh uh twice my training rate, which was seventy five bucks an hour. So I was getting paid hundred and fifty dollars an hour to sit on water bottles in the garage. I made a I made a desk out of uh out of the uh, crates of water bottles. It was kind of neat. So I had a like a little cutout, and the bottles I slid up and sat on, laptop up there. And uh, that in the mug was where most of the writing occurred. You wouldn't um, you would spend your time writing? You wouldn't spend your time on your Instagram account? There was no social media then. <laughs> we all had more time. And another thing that was really common back then um, that you just don't see anymore, and that's these face-to-face conversations, like where everyone will go out to, to like even the Silver Spur. And these weren't around, not just face down or in the bag, but they didn't exist. And uh, everyone would share and talk, and it was crazy. It was like being on another planet. Did you have a um, a, a protocol or a discipline for getting um, the journal done, like sit down every day at 3 o'clock from 3 to 5? Yeah, the, I, the, first, or, the or... first five days I would just think and throw out ideas, and I was obsessed, and it would be 18 hours a day of worry. First to the fifth of the month. Yeah, and then the five through ten, the theme would start to develop with an outline, and then 
and then you know 15 to 20 write 20 25 edit layout re-edit re-read condense it just it would all be just a matter of you know just pulling words out so the tighten so it tighten it tighten it I my style God, was to stressful like a stressful month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was and then it was like deadline kind of shit at the end, you know, on the distribution and the push. Nothing to really motivate like a deadline. Did you have a minimum number of articles that you would have in each one that you felt like would make it worth the people's money they were paying you? Say that again. Like you published the journal every single month. You were the only person writing for the journal. Did you feel like you had to have like 20,000 words every month or 15,000 words was there a bare minimum you were willing to like get to the people yeah to make I mean, them feel like that that $25? well you know at first it was it, the, many of the early issues are a single subject and so and then later um we went into multiple subjects and uh and i remember there was one issue that we just kind of did a little bit of a compendium of everything worthwhile on the on the web one of the journal issues has uh I don't know what it was, 50 or 100 websites worth looking at, right? And like half of them aren't. But it was like, it was complete. <laughs> Curating. There was a, it was a very small world, and we knew it well. There was a point where I knew every, every bit of media uh, supporting Olympic lifting on the web. There were no hidden repositories of, of media. I'm talking about written material, but visual, where you could actually look. Early days, thumbnails, you know, thumbnail videos. Oh, yeah, like 60 by 60. Yeah. yeah. I remember those on .com. I remember there was like a three-second bar muscle-up video. There was one of those of uh, Leonardi's, Ionati's. Ionati's is the replication guy. See, that's how old it is. I'm confusing my my academic uh, epidemiologist with Greek weightlifters. But anyways, that was uh, the Greek stud, little stud, and he had a pocket hercules i think they called him right it was a oh yeah a snatch or a clean and jerk but but it was a thumbnail and i i remember i had watched it so many times i mean literally i would stare at that thing for 30 minutes at a time you know drink a couple beers and just stare at it that i actually came away with some uh some critical insights to the lifts while not watching because I could see that thing with my eyes closed. And I'll tell you one of them I realized, for instance, the um, second pull isn't bringing the bar up to the shoulder, it's bringing you under the bar. And what I observed is that is that on that, uh, on that or that third pull, uh, uh, that uh, at the, uh, at the moment of the, of the, uh, of the shrug as soon as the shoulder gets closer to the ear every athlete with long enough hair to see in a background you could look at had had fallen against the background and their hair had risen mm -hmm. and it exactly coincided with the shrug and then we started looking at more and more and more of these and there was never a point where a guy shrugged flat-footed not dropping against the background and if he had hair it going up and so we're like you know what do you draw from that well the shrugs the shrugs the bow and arrow effect of the enormous trap contraction met with an instant uh, 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 flexion at the hip and knee, and it, and I, it was kind of like I said, if you could, if you could, if you could shrug, say, 400 pounds, and I handed you a bar with 600, asked you to shrug it and put you on a trap door, and while you're trying to shrug 400 on a bar that weighs six and you get no motion, what happens if I pull the trap door? You're going to shoot down into the hole 
much faster than you would have just standing there, right? Right. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what happens on that. So until that point? Well, we were having arguments with people about what the fuck's going on. And <laughs> right. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it's not, we're not shrugging the bar up. The shrug's taking me under. The load's lifted. Or you're doing it wrong. So you stopped drinking beer. You don't drink beer anymore. I don't drink beer anymore. Thanks to the late Dr. Stephen, uh, that's Chris King, Dr. Chris King. That's right. Murdered in, uh, tragically murdered in, uh, in uh, uh, Denver. Denver after coming back, or Boulder? Shot Boulder? In, yeah, shot in the chest right in a restaurant. Yeah, after coming back from working with, uh, with our uh, Maori friends on the subject of diabetes. But he was the one that pointed out that brewer's yeast... Um, fructose and glutamine had the same uh, uh, impact uh, in creating unregulated production of AMP. And uh, in an epic work by Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Rick Johnson at the University of Colorado. The Fat Switch. And uh, he's the author of the popular book, The Fat Switch. But his work on, uh, on uh, fructose, uric acid, and type 2 diabetes is a, is a monumental uh, work. I was there with you at the Starbucks. You guys were having that discussion. I remember he had what's the giant medical book? He was uh, he was uh, studying for state boards. And you walked up to him and you engaged him in a conversation. Mm -hmm. You guys started talking about fructose, and then that was it. You never had a beer ever again. How long goes this? I think it'll be five six years this uh, November. I couldn't believe it. You told me right there. You're like Sevon Sevi. I'm never having another beer. I'm like, uh-huh. Come on, let's go. And that was it. How come you didn't stop drinking beer? I, mean, I just didn't. I just didn't understand what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it went right over my head. <laughs> yeah, that's some steel. I'm drinking for the buzz, not to get fat. That's <laughs> fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can we be honest about this? <laughs> no, never. Um, <laughs> you know, he says. Imagine this. This is. Poor fuckers drinking near beer that are getting heart disease from it. Oh, what a waste. I've had a, I've had a six-pack of O'Doul's in my fridge for like four years. I should throw it away. Why? I don't even know how it got there. But like no one in their fucking right mind would drink a beer that doesn't get you both. You do that and a shot of vodka and you get a beer, I guess. <laughs> Greg, you were um, – uh, you have eight kids. I do. Um, you were a gymnast. I have three kids. We've talked a lot about kids and like what kind of physical activity they should do. And one of the things that you told me was um, get your kids in gymnastics, keep them in there until it gets dangerous. That's my take. That's my parental take. What uh, is, is gymnastics? Is that the why do you see that as a, as a foundational form of physical activity for kids? Just, I mean, uh, there's a ton of options. well. Look, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start with um, my my belief that I've 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 uh, gotten more personally from gymnastics and done more with it than maybe anyone in the 3000 year history of the sport you know um bart connor was a much much better gymnast than i but i've done i've done much more with it than he has in my opinion um is 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 accomplished and you know all those fucking gold medals i mean he's a you know a, a hero of mine right but uh i still got more out of it than he did somehow um so Given that, um, you know, I knew, I knew as a young gymnast that I had a physical advantage over anybody else learning anything else. 
and I think we see that in the in the CrossFit athletes. Uh, it's not fair, you know. <laughs> uh, Scotty and Gumby of On the Mat once said of CrossFit in reference to jujitsu, "It's not fair. It's like cheating." And uh, gymnastics is like that. Basically, it gives you a foundation that transfers over to all other sports or all other activity. Uh, or unprecedented all other... kinesthetic awareness, um, a confidence uh, of the process by which uh, a confidence in an intimate um, familiarity with the process by which challenging and advanced movements are, are learned and, and, and uh, grasped. And, and you, you, it teaches you that talent is bullshit. It teaches you that, uh, that uh, any kind of native ability is all just horse shit. You really come to see yourself as on an assembly line of, of those that are um, willing and able to endure more discomfort than their competitors. It, learning gymnastics is like studying physics. It's an exercise in unprecedented frustration and irritation and discomfort. There's no one that it feels like a fucking blowjob. That's not what physics is like. That's not what gymnastics is like. I've heard you use the violin too, learning the violin. Same damn (laughs) thing. Hardest thing. You know, you're on to something good. If it's the hardest thing you've ever tried and it makes you want to cry. That's where the that's where the value is. And the gymnasts come away knowing that. So a gymnast is more likely to take up oil painting and the violin than the the tambourine or fucking uh, or uh, connect the dots. Yeah. Hmm. Um. You so, and and then you say and then and then to pull your kid out right as it gets dangerous. You know, I like. Uh, do I want my kid uh, uh, doing? Two and three quarter uh, front uh, dive rolls, not so much, you know. Um, there is a there is a legacy to the to the highest levels of performance that has a certain kind of amount of tragedy to it, you know. Mm. Um, I was a good gymnast and not a great one, uh, and I got I got more out of it than anyone any of the grades, and so I don't I don't know how much you need. Now, I'm, but you know a lot of deaths and injuries. Yes. From that sport, yes. Is there a particular age range where you say it gets exponentially more dangerous? Um, when you get testosterone, we've, we've lost, we've lost too many of our very best, and it, it's unacceptable to me. You know, um, I. I, it was uh, Gary Morava that was killed when I was in high school, and man, I idolized that kid. I mean, he was amazing, and it's still, I still have trouble. It's been what since you know it's been forty years, and I still have trouble believing he's not around. Uh, and the women, the girls, you know, uh, I don't know. It's kind of kind of a personal thing, you know. Everyone's got, but look. Don't worry about your daughter going down to Santa Cruz Gymnastics and becoming Mary Lou Retton. <laughs> and, and if she does, wow, you know, you, be a lot, for me, there'd be a lot of bi- nail biting. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm scared at the highest levels of performance. It's scary. It's kind of like women saying that they don't want to do CrossFit because they don't want to get buff. It's like, hey, don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to get healthy long ethic. before yeah. you get buff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking yeah. at this, kind of, this terrifies me personally. 
Yeah, man, to put that as a two and three quarter version of that. Some of these are band elements. Yeah, this this isn't, right there. but I believe the two and three quarter is. You know, when I was in gymnastics, there were A, B, and C elements. Now they go up to what G, H, and they even have band elements. You know, do that and do it perfectly, and we're going to give you a zero. Like we don't want. Oh yeah. I think I've seen some of this on the. Uh, They've been deadly. On the parallel or uneven bars. They've been deadly. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it, look, my, my favorite gymnast, one of them was a kid named. He, this is a kid that you know. I said I was good, but not great. There were guys that did very well but weren't good. And one of them that he had to drop me a line. I haven't heard from this kid in forty years. But his name was Joe Boucher, and Joe was. Uh, was a, a a talented athlete and a really good good dude, but the fucker was like six foot two and two hundred forty five pounds. He was not going to be a competitive gymnast of, of significance. But you know what? He damn near made the team at Chatsworth High, which meant he was damn near damn good, and uh, um, almost made the team. And but for a guy that like two hundred thirty five pounds, he can do an iron cross. And do handstand push-ups, you know, and hold a planche. Like, dude, that's a that's a beast. And so, some of the best advantage accrues to those that have the least probability of finding success. So it's kind of like a little guy that finds success in football is a hell of a football player, and a big kid that finds success in gymnastics has, has got a hell of an advantage. But if I had a big strapping youth of a kid, I would it'd still be in gymnastics, and it would almost be kind of cool that. He, she has very little chance of being um, super competitive because of that that size. But yet, that's not going to take anything what they get from it. They're going to be come away with something. You know. Did your gymnastics um, tenure? Did they ever give you nutritional advice? Never. I knew I knew what was what was expected, but it was never really talked about. They didn't do the shit like the football team carb load you guys. No, but I don't know how much they did that either because the football players were there too at the same McDonald's getting the double quarter pounders with cheese and shit, you know? Mm. It was basically a eat as much as you could of anything you could after practice. Yeah. You know, just yeah. get me there quickly. And I'll take whatever's <laughs> on the menu. No onions. Does every single person who goes through the, the other? I want to mention this too. Yeah. The other thing that I would do for anyone that listens or cares about what I think about what you do with kids, they do. Maybe care. You shouldn't. Um, gymnastics and swimming. You know, I got it. When you're five years old, I want to be able to hog tie you, throw you in the pool, and have you wiggle your way out. Oh, I just learned something about you the other day. So I know that you were a big uh, proponent of the ISR, and I know that I've heard you say many times that the number one um, cause of death. Children under the age of five in the United States is drowning. In like 17 states, but it's states like Florida, California, and Texas. And I've heard you talk about the cost of of, of, of brain damaged kids from near Florida drowning. Florida spends more on the near drown than higher education. But I didn't know until if a couple days ago that, that you, I keep you, you, I didn't know you lost cousins. I lost a cousin. A cousin. Yeah, a two year old. Was that the inspiration yeah. for that? No. Okay. No, but I but I did know, and then there was a kid that drowned in my neighborhood too growing up. Well, two. <laughs> You know, I, I've seen the impact first from not time. knowing how to swim. No, I well, my two my two year old cousin Kim, yeah, she uh, found her way into the pond, into the family pond, and everyone looked the wrong way for a little bit. Um, 
but the neighbor kid, one of them was a 19-year-old found in the pool bottom. and uh, Didn't know how to swim? He did know how, but we don't know what happened. Murder? No, John Kong. I mean, he, you know, something happened in the pool. But uh, drowning is a horrible thing. God. Uh, but and water, water uh, competency is essential. You know, we got the we got, I got that home on Kauai, and it, for two years ago, whatever it was, and we were first there in January, we had five drownings in uh, in a month's time on the island. Yeah, jeez. And uh, uh, because of big waves, or yeah, 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 <clears throat> wave surf condition. But you, so I'm thinking, well, you know, it's a damn tourist, right? And so I started doing a little research. Yeah, half of it's tourists, half locals. But uh, you got you to take the water seriously. And I, I can't get enough water competency. I'm talking about a water polo guy. He's like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. This is right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got to, got to, got to. And so I, like, I got, you know, I got, I got little ones now that have no recollection of not knowing how to swim. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed he knows your name, let alone you played water polo. By the way. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Yeah. I've spent the last 10 years out of the water, and if you come at me with a life-threatening circumstance out of water, it's a coin flip. In the water, 100% I'll survive. That level of competency just doesn't leave me, and I assume it's the same thing with gymnastics as well. I like that comparison. I mean, literally, you can, you can hog-tie me, you know, um, hands to feet, and throw me in the water. And I'm going to get a huge breath before I hit the water. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hold still. I'm going to come to the top. And I'm going to fucking work my way to the to the end. And I'm going to get out of the pool hogtied. I've done it. Let's see the video. It was, it was pre-video. <laughs> this used to do this kind of shit as kids. Yeah, what kind of Maybe question is that? Tied me up and threw me in the pool. <laughs> Greg, um, a couple years ago you gave us sort of this mandate. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but you're like, "Hey, we have these 150,000 trainers who've gone through the L1. We need to make sure that that we're that they all know if they if they don't know, and especially the affiliate the ones who've opened affiliates, that what they've learned in the L1 is life-saving skills, that it's the cure for chronic disease." Do you think how, how do you think that mission is going? Do you think the affiliates know that that they're equipped for that, that they have the confidence for that? I think an increasing number of them do. There's basically just do the same thing, but mm-hmm. just but it's really just changing your talk, right? Because they're already doing it. Your right? awareness, your yeah. awareness. I mean, look what happened in Octane CrossFit. A physician comes in, internal medicine guy with diabetes, I think it was, and he loses 85 pounds. He's no longer a diabetic, and they're like, "Wow, check that out, man. We we cured his diabetes." You know? Sure enough, they did, and that's a. What a what a great thing for a young man, a pair of young men to do. What a great discovery for them to make, you know? To cure a doctor of his diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. And because I promise you they didn't they didn't open the gym mm. to cure doctors of diabetes. But how about knowing you can? This is empowering like the gyms that went to the other side of the world 12 hours away. You can't be farther from home and uh built uh built schools. And got kids exercising and eating right, gave them fresh drinking water and a fighting chance at getting out of that environment through an education. And what an amazing thing. And you're like, God, I couldn't be further from home and it'd be hard to imagine having had a more, uh, a bigger, uh, more important impact. And that would encourage almost anyone to give, give, give reason to think about, you know, what can I do at home if I can do this so far from home? 
And the truth is that our affiliates can do anything they want at home, including something as important as, as reversing type 2 diabetes. The, the innocence, and it really is, it's a discovery for them. They're like, wow, these guys, you know, if you got diabetes and you come in here and do CrossFit, you won't soon. I bet you we've published 50 stories in the journal in the last two years, whether video or written, of people claiming that they've been cured by type 2 diabetes. Uh, at least. Yeah. It's amazing. They're pouring in. Is that what you're most proud of, of anything? Well, is, is I see, listen, I see Alzheimer's, coronary artery disease, diabetes, obesity, uh, help me, you know, and then go through the polycystic ovarian disease. Uh, you've seen our list of 35 chronic conditions. Um, I see it all, it's all the same disease. You know, we, we, had, we had several really interesting things in this recent trip Meaning, meaning its origins are, yeah. when you say all the same, sedentary lifestyle and yeah. uh, overconsumption of refined carbohydrates. Uh -huh. The 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 uh, the uh, the mechanisms that are, the, the molecular biology that is, that is glycation and receptor downgrade at the heart of insulin resistance to the cell site, looks to also be at the heart of the uh, etiology of coronary artery disease with the vasovasorum and uh, vasovasorum and, uh, uh, and the necros necrosis in the, in the arteries that's leading to the plaque, et cetera. I mean, it's a, you know, we, we were talking with these uh, urologists that were telling us it's a, diabetes is a circulatory disease. I mean, it's a, there's a- uh, You mean ED? Uh, no, the diabetes is a circulatory disease. Oh, okay, right. Diabetes. Is they a also said ED was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When um, you you have a, a country like the United States and the origins of CrossFit are and you know forging elite fitness and in, in, in this um, this the mill group and the the law enforcement group, and then you have places like China where there's 150 gyms and they look like they're going to more than double this year and we've sort of changed the the, the face, right? The forward-facing um, look of .com to be more um, inclusive um, and more health, if not all health. Do you think that it will manifest differently there? Or no? There's no, there's no amount of health that can that can hide the, the elite fitness that comes out of CrossFit. No amount of health talk. Do you see the question I'm trying to ask here? Yeah. Like, um, like, like almost the, like it's a different seed being the, germinated The there. number of people, Russ Green's age, and in Russ Green's, with Russ Green's physical capacity, that share Russ Green's awareness and, and, concern and and worry and knowledge about chronic disease i could i could fit them all under that table <laughs> right right and so <laughs> yeah um I, I don't i don't expect uh like are the chinese going to see us as a as, as, look, as that, a weight watcher are they going to realize that, that dave wants to go with us up to verda this weekend mm -hmm. right and it, Russ wants to go to the games. I see as a victory. Right, right. <laughs> mm, right. But we're we're right. we're not we're not all we're all under this umbrella. But but we're all looking at something different, right. you know. And uh, 
and I look at the look at those hard bodies. Look at those beautiful boys, and and check out check out the women. I mean, you can't you can't even look at them like you'd like to look at them. It feels so wrong. Right, <laughs> right. Jeez, it's like staring at the sun during the eclipse. I don't think I have the right glasses on for this. Um, right. That, that that part's obvious. That's not lost on anybody, you know. But there are those of us that see something more important. But that's okay. It's uh, it's an age thing, really. I was gonna say I, I didn't want to. You know be what? Ages, when you got really, as you get older, I mean, yeah, it becomes very clear. If you're 22 years old and you got a gym with 23 members and you've been flying your flag for three months and you're not interested in looking for fat ladies at the mall, I get it, you know. But the truth is, is that if you're gonna be successful by the time you have 700 members, you better be interested in the fat ladies at the mall. And in fact, those people are. And so, whenever a guy comes to me and tells me there's more to CrossFit than the games, it's a dude with. 300 members in his box right mm-hmm. of course it is and i know that by the way all you out there don't tell me about things more important than the games i know i don't <laughs> i don't need to be reminded you, of that <laughs> tell dave okay well let's uh <laughs> now that you crack that door do you um not like the games i love the games you do love the games yeah do you have a um do you have any disdain toward or angst towards it? Or? You know, I like the hot sauce on my burrito, but I'm not just going to squirt the hot sauce down my mouth and then tomorrow we eat the burrito. You but know? You're, you're not a gamesista, like right? Like I could, you couldn't name all probably all even all the games winners, could you? No. And when you're at the games, I don't see. I'd you be watching. embarrassed if I did know. <laughs> and when I see you at the games, there's you people. There's people that came here to look at the games and to talk to me, and for whatever reason, this isn't the time they want to look at the games. They want to talk to me, and they waited in line to say hi. I'm not going to excuse me. I want to watch people exercise. You know, it's. I'm I'm here for the thruster races. I'm not there for the thruster races. <laughs> I'm there I'm there for the people that that want to talk, and increasingly, what they want to talk about is recovery from addiction. Um, and other chronic diseases, you know, and it, they all have great stories to tell, and I never tire, tired of hearing it. And the fact that people know that I want to hear that and I'm proud of that and that the better of my affiliates are proud of that is is really where the leadership is at, where the adults are, where the what, that's where the adult table is at CrossFit. You know, you come into my house and I'm going to feed you spaghetti and we're going to sit at the table and and there's going to be a different conversation at the kids table where they're fucking sucking noodles up their nose, you know? It's a, it's a different it's a different view of the world and I'm okay with it. That's what happens in a box. Okay, now flip to the games page. Okay. That's what a box looks like, okay? And that is not. Right. How many hours a day do you work? Dude, I, you know. How come it took us 75 shows to get you in here a second time? I'll be back. How, how, many hour, how many hours a day do you work? Honestly? Honestly. 15 to 18. I was going to say, when do you wake up and when do you go to bed? Yeah, I don't, I don't do anything else. Even when I'm doing shit with my kids, I'm doing this. You have staff on the East Coast. When I talk to them, um, they say that they start getting comms from you at 6 a.m. That must, that's 3 a.m. California time. I do a pretty good job of, of maybe more so than knowing what time it is where I'm at. I know what time it is where you are. That's what I love about going to Hawaii. Is that why you plant your staff all over so you can bug <laughs> no, in 24 no, hours a day? <laughs> no. But it's, no matter when I'm up, there's someone that would you know, be fun to hear from. Uh, Portland. 
in the last two years you've taken some serious uh we're based out of california santa cruz the whole the whole time i've been here you've always been like hey we're a california brand this is an amazing california company you're you are a california guy both norcal and socal and then all of a sudden the last two years you're you're in hipsterville what's going what's going on i, up in I love i love portland i love the pacific northwest um the uh, uh the economic situation that's um evolved out of California politics has uh, I've been told caused a thousand tech firms to leave the Bay Area in the past 30 months our friends in Portland said half of them had settled up there and the chief advantage being recruiting talent uh, the housing availability the number of good restaurants and brew pubs and it just feels like CrossFitville it's a uh, I love California we'll always be here uh, but uh, I want to. I want to. I want to commit some uh, resources and talent and energy. Bring CrossFit health, finance, law, legal, uh, accounting. Bring it up. Bring it up to Portland. Thank you. Can we schedule your next? Yeah, yeah. Do this. Dennis appointment. Yeah, I'm always around. Can we give you? Can we give <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, six month tooth cleaning. We, it's thing. like while, while we still got you in the chair. Can yeah. we give you a little card, <laughs> Eric? Can we give him one of those little cards We're with? Right now. Yeah, with a. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Would you prefer morning or um, after? <laughs> I like this morning. I'll, I'll okay. be I'll be back regularly. Okay, good. I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah. Eric, All right, guys, land the plane. <laughs>